I believe that veterans are the key to unlocking America's next golden age. By empowering and influencing one million veterans to transition well and become leaders in their communities, we can unlock our country's destiny and continue to change the world. My name is Bernard Bergen. Shannon Whittington is the founder of Books by Vets and is an author coach and consultant for writers. After spending several years working in the publishing industry, Shannon made the leap to develop her own business in the literary world. Shannon works with authors from all backgrounds, from teenagers publishing their first novel to seasoned professionals looking to advance their careers by writing and getting published. Shannon knows how to help you make your readers turn the page. Shannon has always been a patriot at heart. At the age of 12, she won a writing contest on what the Constitution means to me. She decided to join the military out of high school, but medical complications sidelined her efforts. Never one to back down on the goal, Shannon looked for new ways to support service members and veterans. The Books by Vets project was founded as a way to introduce writing as therapy for veterans as well as an opportunity to bring veterans and their families together to share their stories of service with the world. Shannon, thank you for agreeing to be on the show. Let's get started. First question, convince your 18-year-old self of something you really needed to know at 18. At 18, I had already gone through a lot of medical difficulties by that age. I had already had a kidney transplant. I had suffered a lot of ridicule in high school because kids are mean and cruel. And so to talk back to my 18-year-old self, I would have to say really to just put all of that aside, that all obstacles that you face, all hardships are truly, it sounds cliche, but they're really there to help you grow and become stronger. And the people who can't see that are the ones who put you down. So do you do everything you can to silence those people and be okay knowing that you have overcome all of this. And so many of us go through so many hardships that nobody knows about. And just because people have seen yours, because there's really no way to hide the fact that you're not in school for months at a time and you're back and you're in and out and people see it and they know it's happening. And with peer pressure and all of that, it can be really, really difficult to silence it. So just finding a way to understand that everything is truly going to be okay and that later in life, this is only setting you up to be stronger and more successful. And those who face no hardships typically don't know how to overcome the bigger things that come later in life. So to just be okay with it and know that everything is really going to be okay and what you're facing as a teenager truly is not going to matter 20 years from now. It's just not going to matter anymore. Wow. Wow. Insightful. And I think very impactful because, man, you think back to your teenage years, everything seemed times 100 while you were journeying through right. it. Yeah. Or a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> definitely multiplied. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, same space. Would your 18-year-old self have been open to that advice? Why, why not? Oh, hell no, because <laughs> you're going through it. And like you said, it's all amplified exponentially. I mean, I had people telling me all the time, you're a survivor, you're getting through this. People don't know you, they don't know what you're experiencing. And even with that, you still sit there and you're like, why? Why do they say such hurtful things? I'm never going to amount to any, you have all this negative self-talk and it's so hard to quiet that down. And it really set me up 
for a slower start in adulthood. So I wish that I would have listened to all of that. But I think some people, myself especially, I'm a live and learn type person. So I'll hear everything you have to say and I'm going to take it, but then I'm going to be like, okay, but I have to go figure this out for myself. And it's been a harder road. It's been a much bumpier road, but I feel that I am on the other side of it many years later. So I wish my 18-year-old self would have listened to all of that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it would have saved me so much time. <laughs> I would be so much further along in my own personal journey right now had I listened to all of that. Yeah. What started the process of changing that more negative self-talk to a more believing that you can become exactly who you are today? You know, it took a lot of self-discovery, a lot of being with myself and becoming more aware of who I was surrounded by. You know, you hear people talk about you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I started really taking that to heart and really dissecting who I was surrounding myself with and started making some changes. And it was really, really difficult. People who I thought I needed in my life, I was realizing that not only did I not need them, but they were in fact toxic. And making those breaks, you go through a period of feeling very alone. And you have to be able to be strong to go through that. Because once you get through that, then everybody that's meant to be around you to start lifting you up and building you up and seeing your true potential, now there's space for them. And they Mm -hmm. start to enter your life. And that made a huge difference for me. I can say probably even with just in the past two years, I have seen a huge shift in just my life in general, the people I'm surrounded by, even to the basic, turn off the news, Mm -hmm. eliminate everything negative from your space and just focus on positivity and focus intently on where you're wanting to go. And all of a sudden doors just start to open. Yeah. It sounds crazy, but it truly (laughs) works that way. Energy is very forceful and it will work in whatever direction you are pointed in. So if you're focusing on the negative and you're surrounded by the negative, those are the doors that are going to continue to open. And once you decide to make that shift, you're going to see it happen and you just want more and more of that. And all the positivity starts coming your way. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy that story because that's a very practical step you can take. You know, if you're surrounded by friends who don't really help you unlock your best self, stepping back, assessing the relationships, cutting the ones that are toxic, and giving space for new relationships will allow you to learn and grow. And I think you broke that down in a very practical way. It is practical. It is not at all easy, but it's definitely practical. And it it gets easier the more you see that it's working and the more you realize how toxic your life was and how good it feels to begin removing that and seeing what fills that space, that becomes so much better and just joyful. Mm -hmm. And you just want more and more of that. And you get to a point where you start to recognize that toxicity very quickly and you stop it from coming into your life anymore. Okay. The next question ties into the same topic. And I know that you serve the veterans community you empower the veterans community through a lot of the projects that you're a part of. Now, if it was a member of our military who's feeling underappreciated and a bit uh, left out or just maybe in some of those toxic situations, Mm -hmm. what would you share to them knowing that they're also serving and they have this big weight on their shoulders? Absolutely. 
they need to focus on the appreciation. There's always going to be people who don't agree with you, who are against you, who don't want to see you be successful, who want to put you down. Those people are always going to exist. You don't have to focus on that. Focus on where the appreciation is because it's out there. There are so many platforms where people are showing their appreciation for service members and veterans that if you begin to just fill your world with that space and you begin to see all the love that is out there for you, I don't care if your parents hate the fact that you're serving or that you have served and they're totally against you and you go to dinners and it's miserable. Block that out. Don't go. Find places. I mean, it sounds silly, but it's as simple as Facebook groups, uh, podcasts like yours, different things where people are filling the space with appreciation and love for our service members and our veterans and what they do and what they have done. If you look for it, it is out there. And that's what you need to be filling your space with. Yeah. Again, just real something that I can take action on right away. And I love that you pointed out. It could be as simple as a Facebook group, because again, connecting with people who, yes, challenge you, but also underlyingly support you will change the trajectory of your life and definitely allow you to feel appreciated for the sacrifices that you are making. Absolutely. And any time that you can get that, that jolt of, wow, they get it, like they understand, then it, it supersedes all of that negative information that's filling your space. And I can't say it enough, but my philosophy is turn off the news. There, there's so much hate and negativity out there. It's just not worth it. It's not worth pouring that into yourself on even a weekly basis, let alone a daily or hourly basis. Clean up what you allow into your mind and only let the good stuff in. And if what you're needing is to feel appreciated or if what you're needing is to feel camaraderie, seek that out. And it is very easy to find it. Yeah. I like when there are actually action steps to take. And I know that turning the news off, where to some, it might be a challenge. When you really think about it, most of the news mm -hmm. doesn't even help you in your daily life. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. It helps you feel like the world is burning down. And that's about it. There's not a whole lot of feel good in the news anymore. And if you're in a place where you're already feeling beat down, that's just going to compound that. And you don't have to do that. If it's a habit to get up every morning and turn on the 6 a.m. news while you have your cup of coffee and get ready for your day, turn on music instead or, you know, just replace that. Just replace it with something that helps you feel good and get your day going in a more positive manner. Right, right. Owning the start of your day is definitely something I can say really helps maximize overcoming the stress we all face on a day-to-day -day basis. So if you're serving, if you're a veteran, if you're someone who loves and supports veterans, I think it's real practical to assess if you're consuming too much negative news every day and just try a couple days without the news and see what comes mm -hmm. out of it. Yeah, you'll probably find you don't even miss it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if it's sports that you want, turn on ESPN. If it's the weather, get an app. You don't have to turn on the news to get that information. So, right. yeah, just control your day. Control yeah, it. Really like that. Okay, more of a positive feeling. When I say military service or Veterans Day, you say. Well, you ask for a one-word answer, but I can't. So, thank you. <laughs> I know it's two words, but thank you. 
thanks just doesn't seem to cut it. So I have to change that up a little bit. Thanks seems a little too casual and nonchalant, but a truly heartfelt thank you. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, without that last piece you added, we at times approach the sacrifice of service a bit casually, almost as if anyone could do it and anyone's mm-hmm. family could survive the pressure of service. So I like that you made it more enriched with just that deep way you express thank you. It's definitely not something that just anybody can do. And it's definitely not something that just anybody can endure, whether they're the service member or the family member. I've been the family member. I know how difficult it is to watch a loved one get shipped out. I know how rough it is to have those phone calls come in and and you hope it's your loved one on the other end and not the other phone call. Mm. Um, So yeah, it's very difficult to endure that and it it takes a lot. So not just anybody can do it for sure. And those that do and who endure, I mean, they deserve all the appreciation that they get. Yeah, I really like that. And I love just your fresh perspective to families because I always am challenged when people don't think about the support systems that service members need to be successful in their careers and to be successful as they transition beyond their military careers to become veterans. Yes. Yeah. For a lot of them, that seems to be almost the most difficult part. You get in and you're taught how to be a service member and you you have everybody around you doing what you do. They're all serving and, and you're taught how to do that. And then the time comes to transition into the civilian world and there's just not as much support. It's not like you have a CEO on the civilian side walking you through all the steps on how to become a civilian again. Mm -hmm. So that's a difficult transition for a lot of them. And then, of course, their family can't fully grasp what they're going through and have a full understanding. And you want to. I mean, as a military spouse, you want to. You want to understand and you want to help, but there's just no way to completely appreciate what they've been through when they've been deployed and they've been away and I mean, especially a combat veteran, what have they seen? What have they been through themselves? Mm-hmm. And it's something different. And it takes a lot to be able to handle that transition. And I don't think very many do it real smoothly. I know with my ex-husband who did serve, he was told all sorts of things about what he did and how that would transition into the civilian world. And then he got out and lo and behold, his skills didn't transfer. Mm. And so he basically had to reinvent himself. I know that happens to a lot of veterans and they just get stuck Yeah, and they don't know what to do. And they've given, whether it's five years or 20 years, they have to, you already have this plan in mind and you have this vision of how things were going to be and to find out that that's not how it's going to be and have to completely reinvent who you are. That's rough. Right. Right. Well, I just love your fresh perspective because our families are always affected and at times they just silently bear the weight of the pressure we all feel. And I think you're just giving voice to what many service members and veterans need to hear to think about your family in a more intimate way that they're trying to understand. But the truth is they know that there is a void between what you've experienced and what you feel comfortable bringing home. Right. And I know just from a lot of veterans that I've personally known and interacted with, it's not even so much that they don't want to share. And in some cases they can't share. They see it as a burden to those that they love. And if there was one thing I could say to a veteran would be, it's not a burden. 
like our burden is sitting in there feeling helpless and not able to help. Mm. And we don't want you to sit there and hold it all in and try to do that alone. It doesn't matter if you may feel nothing happened to you. Maybe you weren't a combat veteran. And so you don't feel worthy of this appreciation, this praise, because you've lost friends that were in combat. You still lost people. Mm -hmm. You still experienced that. It's still in you. And we want to help you to process that and to deal with that. And we don't expect anybody to sit there and have to shoulder that on their own and hold that in. It needs to come out and your loved one should be a safe space for you to be able to do that. Yeah. I love that. So if you're listening and you feel a little tense about having the conversation with your loved ones, people you already trust, you know, just find a story that helps build a bridge to sharing some of your experiences. You'll find a listening ear and you'll find a heart that will like to journey with you to what's next. I think that's, you know, important to say that it's a journey and not exactly this quick fix destination. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you're going to share what you're already a little uncomfortable sharing. And the more that you see that that can be handled, the more you're going to be able to open up and share and go even deeper and continue to build that trust. And there's always going to be someone who's willing to listen to that. You know, if it happens to not be your spouse, there's somebody out there who will listen and be that shoulder and not pass judgment and not make you feel horrible for your own feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I like how you shared your experience because I think it ties into one of the projects you have on the table. And I'll let you share a bit about what you do now, what that project is, and also what are the rules of engagement to be successful in the arena that you're in? Okay. Well, the um, project that I am working on is a collaborative book that is written by veterans, uh, 22 veterans to be exact. I chose 22 to represent the 20, the approximate 22 who take their lives each day. So I wanted to honor that Mm -hmm. and bring more awareness to it. My business is as an author coach. And so what I do is help people discover and share their stories. In the veteran arena, I promote writing as therapy, just helping them to get those stories down and out and have a safe space to do that. Mm-hmm. In the book, it is Walk with Warriors. And each veteran who has contributed, contributed to the book has written a chapter. They are standalone chapters. So the stories belong to the veterans themselves. There are men and women in the book, uh, veterans from Korea to present, Mm -hmm. some combat, some not, some humorous stories, some heart-wrenching stories, and everything in between. I gave them the space to really write what they felt led to write rather than giving them parameters. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really joyful for me to be able to see what they all come back with. These are not professional writers. They're not already published authors. For the most part, I think there's one or two who may be, but for the most part, these are not professional writers. So they're really just sharing their stories and experiences. And I wanted that so that number one, they would see that just me, this one person was able to bring 22 veterans together who they can all feel connected to Mm -hmm. and see that they're not alone. Other veterans are going to be able to read and relate to these stories. And then the civilians who, who read it will get this 
insights as a glimpse into the life, heart, and mind of a veteran that they may not otherwise have. They may not have that in their family, or they may not have a veteran who's opened up to them in their family. So they may not already know what it's like to be out there serving and going through these experiences. Yeah. So that's really the purpose of the book and what it is. And we're excited to be getting this finished up and hoping to have it released this summer. In order to work where I do, it's really about being able to celebrate the successes of other people. Since I coach people through the process, I have to be able to celebrate their successes with them Mm -hmm. and get them to find for themselves the impact in their stories. So many people don't feel that their stories are worth sharing. And so being able to help them discover that and see that not only are their stories worth sharing, but there are people out there who need to hear their stories. And so having that empathy and the compassion for the people that I help is really the number one thing that I bring to the business that absolutely has to be there. Yeah, I like that. I was going to ask that follow-up question, but I think you touched on it. Having that deep empathy, that compassion as people journey on this process, and then just also being able to celebrate the wins, which with each new author. Right. So you mentioned for the veterans you work with, you see this as a way for them to receive self-care and a bit of therapy as they share. What allowed you to key in on that? I've always been a patriot at heart. I mean, ever since I was really young, I was raised that way. In working through my regular business as an author coach, I was visiting with my husband one day and telling him that I wanted to be able to do something for veterans. Like there had to be some way through my business that I could do something for veterans. And he came up with the idea, actually, Hmm. of helping them to write their stories. And we talked through it. And he's a veteran himself. He's a Marine. And it just kind of evolved from that conversation and wanting to be able to help them through the writing process. I mean, having, you hear everybody talk about journaling and how therapeutic it can be and all of this, and that's fine, but it's still so internal because journaling is typically a private thing. Right. So there's a lot of internal to that. Whereas if you're actually writing for somebody else, there's more of a therapeutic edge to that. You're writing it so that somebody else can gain something from what you have to share. Mm-hmm. And there's a power that comes from that, especially if you're feeling down and out because of things that you've been through, things that you've experienced. By being able to then put a purpose to all of that, it brings a lot more of that therapy aspect to the writing process. Got it. Wow, that was very insightful. I really enjoyed that. Okay. Thank you. What does it mean to you to be a leader? At a very basic level, uh, teaching others. Okay. So actually teaching people how to do things for themselves and teaching them how to basically, you know, take back their own power when you're dependent on others. I don't want people dependent on me. I want to be able to show them what they need to know and empower them to move forward and do it on their own. I will be there for them. I will help them through the processes. But if I'm making them dependent on me, then I don't feel that I'm leading them anywhere. Mm. It's kind of like being a parent. You don't raise (laughs) your kids with the intent of keeping them home forever. You raise them with the intent of sending them out on their own to go face the world and make it their own. So that's 
kind of how I view that even with clients and whatnot. I want to help them and, and teach them how to do it on their own. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. And I don't think anyone's going to debate that. We do want people to learn to lead themselves and your approach to leadership echoes what every service member learned as they served. Hmm. How do you handle big, stressful situations, maybe deadlines, maybe the unexpected as a military spouse? What's your process? The very first thing I do when a stressful situation arises is breathe. <laughs> I mean, take a breath. Nothing is too stressful. So once I can take a breath and step back for a second, then I can begin breaking it down into smaller pieces, which takes that stress load off. And if you can get through each step and just one step at a time, work through it, you're eventually going to come out on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you have to work that quickly or slowly. If you take it one step at a time, you're going to get through the process. So by doing that, it really eliminates the stress. And I celebrate successes. Each step of the way, you have to celebrate that you've made it that far so that you know you are making movement. You're making progress. Don't be afraid to celebrate those tiny steps because they're all going to culminate in the big thing that you felt so stressed out about to begin with. Right. I love how you approached it with the take a breath. (laughs) Breathing is important. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, sometimes we're trying to solve things in one breath, and it might be a 500 breath problem, and we have to take that first breath, step back like you mentioned, and just allow things to have its natural alignment with the steps that's going to solve it. Right. And a lot of times stress comes from worry. You're worrying about something, whether it be a deadline or something just seems too large to tackle or whatever it is there. It becomes stressful because there's worry. And one of my favorite things to keep in mind and kind of say to myself and remember that worry equals waste. Mm. You're worrying over something that hasn't happened. It hasn't come to pass. So you're wasting energy and time and effort on worrying rather than just tackling what is right in front of you that you can handle right now. Right. I really like that saying, worry equals waste. Definitely going to write that down for my notes. (laughs) (laughs) That was gold. You know, if you don't want to waste time, step back, breathe. But worrying is not going to solve anything. It certainly doesn't. Okay. So who is a high achiever that you look up to and why? You know, I have a friend who happens to be a veteran, Mm -hmm. and I know he's gone through a lot of adversity in his life from divorce and not getting to be with his son as much as he would like. And I mean, just financial devastation and so many things that he's gone through, yet he's never let it completely take him down. Mm -hmm. He's now a successful entrepreneur. He runs a coaching business helping hundreds, if not thousands of people regularly. He's extremely transparent. He's not afraid to share those stories. You know, a lot of times all you see in the public eye are people's successes. Mm -hmm. They don't share the parts of watching their car get repossessed. Mm -hmm. They don't share the parts of going to court and having the judge order 75% of your paycheck to your spouse and not knowing what you're going to do next. You know, they don't share all of these hard, difficult things that they've had to overcome while still trying to make it in the world. And he is extremely transparent in that way. And I think that gives a lot of hope 
to people who would otherwise just see him as a success and think, well, that can never be me. Mm-hmm. You know, here he is. He's out there doing all of these things. They just took my car last week. No way I could be like him. Right. So instead, he shares all of that to show that, yeah, life throws some crazy curveballs sometimes, but that doesn't have to stop you. And I really admire the fact that he's been able to do that in his life. So many people get those curveballs thrown at them and, and they just give up. And he's taken all of that and actually turned it into a way to strengthen himself in his life and has become successful in doing so. Wow. So I keep an eye on him quite a bit. I like that. I like that. What I wrote down as you were sharing is, you know, he embraced the messiness that life can throw at us and he applied it as his message in helping others avoid, and I love the term you use, life's crazy curveballs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was yeah. something we all need to be reminded of because no journey is perfect. Everyone has its ups, its speed bumps, and its higher ups, you know, and then we all face some unexpecteds as well. And I think you just sharing that you admire someone who didn't run from the tough moments in life, but used each as a lesson. I think for veterans, for service members, that's a message they need to hear. Absolutely. You can use anything that you see in life as adversity or a difficulty or an obstacle. You can use that and turn it around for good, whether it's to strengthen yourself, empower yourself, or if it's to help somebody else. Just by sharing that story and having somebody see you on the other side of it can be inspiring enough to help somebody. Yeah, I think that's powerful. Okay, what would a close friend say about you that we don't know? You know, I was really not looking forward to this question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Let's see. I'm actually terrified of public speaking. Wow. Okay. But it is something that I'm forcing myself to do more of. Okay. So that I can, you know, improve and not be quite as terrified. But I'm one of those I would much rather send you an email than have to go and actually talk to you kind of person. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) breaking out of that shell has been a journey in and of itself. It's been fun. And I still get the sweaty palms and the, the butterflies in my stomach and before having to do anything, even like this. Mm. But I've learned that it's very powerful and it, it's definitely worth overcoming. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to say, had you not mentioned that, I would have never known. I think. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not only were you answering some challenging questions, but you were adding story that like I'm on page two of notes because it's just impactful. So kudos to you for facing that fear. And I hope that now that this is out, you have more amazing experiences to just share what you do and also share your gift for helping veterans find therapy and telling their story. Thank you. You're very welcome. Now, I'm, I'm very interested in your book recommendation. What book would you recommend to Veterans Leadership Blog listeners and why? I would recommend, I'm not going to say mine because that's just not fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend The Science of Being Well by Wallace D. Waddles. Hmm. 
It's a very old book. It's a very short book, but it's very practical. And he actually has a trilogy, um, The Science of Being Well, The Science of Being Great, and The Science of Getting Rich, I think, Mm -hmm. are the three titles. But The Science of Being Well, I think, would be an excellent book for people to be able to read. He's kind of the original law of attraction guy out there. And it's amazing to read his short book and see how much is still relevant today. Mm -hmm. I think he wrote it a hundred years ago or so. And so much of it is still relevant. So that would be my recommendation. I like the title as well. The Science of Being Well. All right. Now, I think you shared very transparent moments that veterans, service members can glean a lot from. But I want to open it up to you for any parting advice or wisdom that you know our listeners will benefit from. Okay. Just don't be afraid to be proud. I don't mean that in ego sense, but just don't be afraid to be proud. We're all proud and we're all proud of you. And we want to be able to applaud you. Nothing makes me more sad than being at any sort of veteran appreciation event and seeing people who I know are veterans who opt not to stand to receive appreciation. We want to give that to you. We want to acknowledge you. It doesn't matter what you've done or haven't done in service. The fact that you volunteered and that at any given moment you could have had your life on the line, we want to applaud that and show our appreciation. So don't be afraid to be proud and to stand up and accept that. It's not something that you are taking. It's something that we're giving and we want to be able to give that to you. Wow. Well said. Yeah. Veterans, service members are going to benefit from hearing that. So thank you. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Tell us where we can find you online, the best way for authors to connect with your coaching program, and where people can just follow many of the things you share so that they can tap into your wisdom. Right now, the best place would be my website, which is booksbyvets.org. So there's information there about the book. There's information there about what I do to help veterans. And of course, there's contact information, ways to contact me there as well. Okay. All right. Well, that is it. Thank you for, again, agreeing to share your gift with all of us. And now I just look forward to the impact that your book's going to have. I think as veterans tell their stories and remind each other and those we served that we're real people, we did do a difficult thing, but we're here to work together now to just have an amazing way forward for our communities, for our families, and for our country. Amen. Well, thank you again, Shannon. This was a great interview. Thank you so much, Bernard. 